want us to enter into the prophetic office right now. But first let me explain. A prophecy speaks forth. It is either foretelling or foretelling, speaking of things that haven't happened. And prophets actually speak for God. Prophets speak for God. Don't worry about what's happening. That is God doing something. The Bible in the book of John chapter 11. The Bible in the book of John chapter 11 speaks of Lazarus. And Jesus heard that your friend Lazarus is sick. Your friend Lazarus is sick. Not your neighbor, not just someone, but your friend Lazarus is sick. And then the Bible unfolds and Jesus says, this shall not end in death. I want you to think, to walk with me through this process. The sisters of Lazarus, they are watching their brother in pain because there's nothing to anesthetize the pain. There's nothing that they can do, but they knew that the person that we can go to is Jesus. And then Jesus comes four days later, four days seeing your brother go through pain and the torture you seeing whether it was cancer or what sickness eating his frail body and him giving himself to death and then the bible unfolds and jesus goes now he is four days dead jesus weeps he was caught by the emotions and he weeps because he is not only a neighbor or a matatu driver or any other person but his friend. I usually say that feelings can be a good servant but a bad master. Feelings are a good servant when you weep and then you step back so that you can be rational. And then the Bible says Jesus stepped into the prophetic. Yes, he felt with Abraham, but not Abraham, Lazarus, because he understands what it feels like when you are going through a difficult time, when the things in you or things that are attached to you are no more. And then Jesus was prophetic. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And even as we are singing this song that victory belongs to Jesus, I don't know whether there are some things in you that need to be called forth. We have entered into the prophetic office right now and God is executing some things. God is releasing some things because we call things that are not as though they are. Jesus said, this thing shall not end in death and I am speaking to you as well. It may be finances. It may be your relationship with your parent. I don't know what that thing is. But right now we are saying that victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Father God, today, this morning, we are saying that victory belongs to you. If you're with me, you can just open your mouth and start worshiping God. Because he is in this place. He is calling forth some people. He is calling forth some 
things. Father, victory belongs to you this morning. Victory belongs to you, King of Kings. Mighty and everlasting Father, victory belongs to you, O God. Victory belongs to you. Some have struggled when it comes to finances and today we are saying that victory belongs to you, oh God. Some of us, our family are in a mess, but Father, today we are speaking victory in the name of Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Father, some of us have been going through sickness, oh God, and today we are prophesying that victory belongs to you. 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 Victory belongs to Jesus over our finances, over our relationships, over our families, over our studies, over our places of work. Today, oh God, the same God who did it for Lazarus is the same God who is able to do it today. And today we are stepping into the prophetic, oh God. We are calling for things that are not as though they were. Father, you say that we are healed when we are sick. Father, you say that we are rich when we are poor. Father, you say that we are healed whenever we feel like Father God. We have been psychologically injured in the name of Jesus. Victory belongs to 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 you, Lord. As I finish about this, there's a reason as to why Jesus went four days late. Some theologians say that the Jewish people, a certain, uh, a certain sect or a certain group in the Jewish people, they used to believe that when someone died, the spirit of that person would hover for three days, meaning that that person can still come alive, come back alive. After three days, they see that that person is completely dead. The reason why Jesus went the fourth day, he wanted to bypass what people knew. And this is the same thing that God is speaking to some of us. God wants to bypass the ideologies that you have. God wants to bypass the teachings that you've had so that he will come and you will know that it is not man who can do this. It is not the teachings of philosophers, but it's actually 
God because the same God who raised Lazarus from the dead is the same God who is able to do that which he said he will do. And that's why I say if, 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 if you're still going through some things, I want you to speak what the word of God says to you. When people say dead, you say it is alive. When people call you poor, you say I am rich in Christ. Father, I commit your people right now unto your mighty hand. King of kings and Lord of lords, we thank you for we are coming out alive. Father, we thank you just the way you called Lazarus from the dead. Father, we believe that you are the same God back then, the same God right now, and you are able to accomplish everything. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Let's offer up our praises to him. Thank you, Jesus, because victory belongs to you. 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 you to turn to the person next to you and tell them victory belongs to Jesus it may not look like it but victory is sure in Christ let's take to our seats even as we proceed I want to say thank you worship team for the sacrifices that you make so that you ensure you take us into the presence of God I also want to say thank you, protocol team, uh, the, 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 the ladies and the boy in blue. <laughs> I also want to say thank you to the media team, to the sound team, uh, each and every person who serves. Thank you. It is you guys who make frontrunners look good. God bless you. I want us to turn to the Bible in the book, in the book of Matthew chapter 6. I don't know if you've received the bulletin. This month we are embarking on a series. It has been my prayer. As this year unfolds, we get to a place that we understand that we operate with the kingdom mindset. I don't have a title for today's uh, sermon or today's word, but Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 speaks, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This month we'll be embarking on a journey about um, technology, about social media, about um, the things that have come and shaped history so that we are in a place where we are at. In the beginning, God created Adam out of mud and Eve out of a rib. Yahweh bent down and ex exhaled breath into their lungs. And they awoke into a strange world of oceans and sunshine and mountains and fruit and unnamed animals. There was until soil untapped materials such as diamonds and gold and silver and iron. And then God commanded his creatures to make babies, to collect food and to govern the animals. 
in those early commands, God had already drawn his end game into his blueprints. And the Garden of Eden was actually the beginning. Adam and Eve had everything that they needed. Imagine you have, there's a river, there's, say, a on a pollution, as in there's a river, there's fish, there's, ooh-wee, na try kusema fanta passion. Sijasema lakini. As in there's, there's everything. Whenever they wanted to eat food, they would find food. And they're in the presence. Manzi, that is like the epitome of, of something that I would want. And then the serpent came and tricked. And the first man fell. The first man was under the kingdom. A kingdom from the original language speaks of the reign of a king. A kingdom is actually where God reigns. I'm speaking from the perspective of only God. The kingdom is the domain of the king. And the king is the overall head. There are subjects. So Adam, he was under the reign of the king. And the king provides for his people. Because the people serve him. The welfare of the people is in the hands of the king. That's why Adam had everything that he needed. But when the first man sinned, he lost the kingdom to the enemy. He lost the kingdom to the enemy. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says that Satan is the ruler of the air. But then God in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 had begun something called proto-evangelium. He was speaking about Jesus coming so that he will redeem mankind so that the reign of the king will continue the kingdom now jesus comes john was preaching and he was saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and then jesus comes and tries to help us to understand on how heaven operates. Heaven operates through the kingdom, and that's why we find many of the stories Jesus was speaking about the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like he was using the familiar so that he will bring in the spiritual. From the moment Adam and Eve were there, I had mentioned that the Garden of Eden was just the beginning. And something about technology is that technology, when it comes to, 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 to the Bible, is technology modifies creation. God's commission to the first couple, to the garden, the globe, to, to the garden and the globe was to raise animals. He implied a series of technological advances that would make all of this work possible through stone tools and we had copper tools and iron tools and, and, and people would start planting food and by design there were agricultural advances that began to, 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 to take a different trajectory and where we find things like shovels, things like sickles and horse-drawn plows. And then something about technology is that technology pushes back the results of the fall. Adam and Eve had made a tragic mistake. What I'm reading is a quote from a guy called, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but the book is 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Tony Reinke, yes. 
um, not long ago into the story of the world, after the, the first man had sinned, Satan had tempted them. And then the breakdown still affects us today. We find weeds in the crops. We find pain in delivery, delivery room. We find embarrassment in nakedness. And the first people, they had nothing to hide. <laughs> I hope you get what I'm saying. Something about technology is that it edifies our souls. That's why we have the pianos and, and the guitars and the drums so that people can express their joy in beautiful songs. Technology also edifies us because it makes it possible for written communication and technological advance. Technology upholds and empowers our bodies. They change and refine our bodies in very dramatic ways. We have eyeglasses that aids to boost our senses of seeing and hearing. We have industrial technology that connects our hands to the hydraulic arms of digging machines. Another thing about technology is that it gives voice to the human autonomy. God governs every human technology, and this is where we find social media. But now with the coming of the enemy being the ruler of the air, he changed everything. So when Jesus was speaking about the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus was actually speaking from a point whenever we seek after the things of God and technology is in it. Whenever we go after the things of God, these other things shall be added unto us. But on the flip side, when it comes to social media, it helps us to connect with other people across networks. I'll explain that as we continue to, 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 to dive deep into this series. Jesus was actually saying that you make kingdom business your priority. You seeking after God, you seeking after the things of God, your priority. But the enemy has helped us and he has helped us in a negative way. He has helped us to be people who actually go after things and not after the things of the kingdom. That's why we find many of us are miserable. We find many of us are, are stopping to follow what the Bible says and they're going by their own ideologies because technology, in as much as it's supposed to help us in the positive way, it has created an opportunity in the negative so that people will deviate and walk away from Christ. Many of us, whenever we seek, or rather all of us, when we seek after the things of the kingdom, all these things shall be added. As long as we focus on the kingdom, we will find the things. As long as we make kingdom business our priority, we will get the things. The things are in the kingdom. And it's time that we start changing our prayers from seeking after things, but seeking after God. The Bible says that no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things that God has in store. Is there any thing that is too hard for the Lord. Someone say that a woman should be so lost in the Lord that the man should seek God so that he will find the woman. And the Bible also says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So when you are after the things of God, kingdom business, you will find this good thing. But what has technology taught us? If it's a thing, God will fix it. If it's a thing, God will supply for it. If it's a thing, God will deliver it. If it's a thing, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask 
or think social media and technology in as much as God had great intentions, the enemy has flipped everything. And my prayer is that as this month unfolds, as this week unfolds, we will get to that point of being aligned with the things of the kingdom. Let me finish by this illustration. For those who, do, who know me quite well, they have seen God provide for me in very many ways. And one of the ways that God comes through for me is through finances. God may come to you, through for you in a different way. But if you look at me in, a, in, a, in, a, in an angle that it's only finances, you lose the point. Some of us go for like a year without being sick. Two years, three years, ten years. Some of us will never lack. So I remember there's a time I had purchased this vehicle and after I purchased it, I remember the pastors in Mombasa, they came and they laid their hands and I was with Nelson there and, uh, and Dennis and they prayed and they said that this car will never lack. This car is God's ministry. As long as you're using it for kingdom business, you will never lack fuel. You will never lack anything. So the other day we had traveled to a place for ministry outside Nairobi and my car experienced a major problem and I didn't have money. And I remember that day I was in the office. I had to take that car to the mechanic. I took the car. These people told me, we will tell you how much we are to charge you. And I, I went back home. I was like, what? How certain it's like 40,000, 60,000. Let me see And one of our staff members came and told me, Katie, you remember that day you were told that that, that car is not yours, it is God's. You just leave it alone. The following day, I wake up. And I just check my phone and I find someone had sent me money to go and pick the car from the mechanic. I hadn't prayed. I hadn't asked anyone. You see how God has made things very simple. But as long as we will follow on what technology, the internet and social media, the, the other side is speaking to us, we will end up being frustrated. We will end up missing on what God wants to do. May we be after the things of the kingdom. Father, we thank you. Even as we leave this place, may you open the eyes of our understanding. In Jesus' name we pray.